This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. Good afternoon. Happy Black History Month. I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. So think back to when you were a kid. If you spent any time at a library, you likely found it to be a quiet place with that old paper smell. And the only tension you felt was when you made a mistake and created an echo by dropping something, or you snickered too loud with your friends. But little did you know, there is and always has been hella tension at the library. I'm talking the First Amendment, censorship, gender, and race. We really had vanguard librarians like Charlemagne Hill Rollins, who in the 40s was writing letters to the American Library Association saying, we need more representation in our children's books for African-American kids. That's Chris Brown. He's the Chicago Public Library Commissioner. Representation at the library is one part of a bigger issue at libraries in the present day. My colleague Adorna Migade talked with Chris about how book banning requests have been next level over the last couple years, both across the U.S. and in the Chicago area. Adora is a Metro reporter here at WBEZ, and we're going to discuss the situation in the Windy City and surrounding areas a little bit later. But starting off, I wanted to talk about exactly how this is looking around the country. Basically, a one-word answer to that is more. More people are requesting to ban books. More people are trying to get books challenged or removed from shelves or placed in different parts of the library, whatever way they're trying to get books restricted. Do you have a sense of what the subject matter of these books are? What is the trend that's going on here? Absolutely. There's definitely trends in content. So the American Library Association keeps track of how many books get challenged or banned across the country, and they put together data on it. And in their list of top 10 challenged books from 2021, which was the most recent list, five out of 10 of those books were challenged explicitly for having LGBTQ content. Interesting. So half of the books... It's about about the queer folks. Absolutely. Very specifically. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then more locally, you looked at two different suburban libraries and how book bans are playing out in those places. Let's start with the Lincolnwood Library. What's going on there? So at Lincolnwood, there's a huge fight in the children's section. What happened is last summer, they, they did a story time in a public park. And the book was about a drag queen. It was called The Hips on the Drag Queen Go Swish, Swish, Swish. (laughs) And that created a huge controversy that's still playing out today. So parents were like, hey, we didn't know that this was going to be the book that was going to be read. We didn't know what the content of the book was going to be. You should have warned us as a library. And then people kind of took that as a way to start examining other content that the library carries. And so, yeah, most bands that happened in Lincolnwood Well, not bans. Most ban requests that happen in Lincolnwood and most ban attempts in general are in children's sections, are in teen sections. It's very much Mm. books that are catered toward young people that get challenged. Um, But at Lincolnwood, it's kind of unique, too, because it's not just conservative parents fighting against LGBTQ books. It's also things like a progressive parent who asked the library to remove Johnny the Walrus. That's a book by... a high-profile conservative named Matt Walsh, and the book allegorically compares being transgender 
to pretending to be a walrus. So definitely like tug of war, fights on all sides from all angles. Wow, you would think, you know, when you're thinking about the LGBTQ subject matter, you would think that it's people who don't want their children to be exposed to that because of conservatism and things like that. It's really interesting to hear that. Yeah, it's it's happening on the other side of the aisle, right? Maybe, like well. we don't want our kids to be introduced to this conservative mindset that maybe there's something wrong or inappropriate about being transgender. So, how are the library staff, specifically at Lincolnwood, dealing with that? You know, it's really tough. They say that it's a constant tug of war between how do I maintain the professional standard of allowing people to have access to all kinds of books. But how do I also grapple with the fact that some of this kind of feels like a personal attack? Um, I think Mm. Chris Ronkosiak is a really good example of this. He's the assistant library director at the Lincolnwood Public Library. And his identity really specifically relates to what we were talking about earlier, the fact that half of these books that are being banned are being banned for LGBTQ content. Well, he is gay. Mm. And so he struggles with this personally. You know, as a librarian, it's a professional thing, but as a personal, as a, as a gay man, it, it's a personal thing. And so that's what makes it even more tough from, from my perspective, from so many of my colleagues' perspectives, is that people just sometimes don't get it. And even if we shout it from the top of the roof, people still won't get it because they don't want to get it. And so even beyond feeling like his identity is kind of being held under a microscope, and being attacked, um, he and other librarians wonder about their job security and are other people even going to want to enter into this field after seeing how contentious it's become. So there's a library in West Michigan called Patmos Library. They actually voted to defund their library over these issues. So it's not really just a, okay, he said, she said, and oh, these parents don't want these books. It could really get to the level of having financial consequences. So librarians are cautious about how residents' feelings will impact things like their board elections and therefore their work. For us personally here in April, we have an election that has four open seats. That's a majority of our board, which makes it extra terrifying going into what that election means Mm -hmm. for us professionally, for the community for what their library will look like come May. So, yeah, so people really worried about job security and and they themselves being themselves (laughs) at work. Um, I wonder what else is on people's minds as they're thinking about this issue as they're working. For librarians, um, the ones that I talked to all are in favor of people having access to a wide swath of materials. And, in fact, some of the librarians even said, hey, reading things that you don't agree with And having access to viewpoints that challenge your own is actually really important. It's important for a democracy, and it's important for your own self-growth. For folks who are are, are having a problem with some of the content at the libraries, um, are they all asking for things to just totally be banned and taken off the shelves? So, no. Sometimes they're asking for things to be completely removed from the shelves, but sometimes they're saying, hey, maybe a good compromise could be something like, taking this title that we think is inappropriate and putting it on a top shelf where a kid couldn't reach it, Mm. something like that. Um, So there's kind of a range in how they want the restrictions to apply, but it definitely comes down to making it harder for people to access certain materials. So there's a little bit of a different situation going on at the Glenview Public Library, which is also Mm -hmm. in Illinois. Can you talk about that one? Absolutely. Much more calm over there. The library director there says that 
people are not really requesting to ban books. She says that people generally understand that there's going to be different viewpoints and maybe some books are appropriate for my family and some books are appropriate for yours and that people are fine living in that contention. She said that also they try to get ahead of this potentially becoming an issue at their library by offering courses to help parents choose books, to help them access things like book reviews and to see, okay, what sort of content does this book have and is this going to be appropriate for my child, kind of helping them make those decisions themselves. Do you have a sense of any of that content? Like what what are some of the things that go into, you know, this library and how they pick books? So they're a popular collections library, which many of the public libraries are. And that means that they look at book reviews. They look at like the New York Times bestseller lists and they look at what the community requests to bring into the library. Mm. And they take all of those things and decide what books they're going to buy and make available to the public. So let's talk about Chicago proper. Book banning requests are not happening here as much. Um, What is the situation, though, around that in the city? Chicago Public Library is like, hey, we are a really big city. We are a library with a lot of funding. We have a very diverse community. And we also kind of take pride in the fact that we have been a beacon and a Mm -hmm. forerunner in having book freedom and book access here. And so they're saying, hey, books are not being banned here, but we want to protect books that are being banned in other places. And we want to help people protect those books. So they came up with this concept called Book Sanctuaries and they made a website about it. And they're asking the general public, like everyday lay people and also other librarians to sign up and kind of promise to make their libraries book sanctuaries. And that would be places where books of all kinds are accessible to all people. So did you pick up on any main differences between communities where these book ban requests are happening and in places where they're not like I mean it's interesting here locally because like I think wider scale it tends to be like okay in in like smaller more conservative communities they want these types of books banned Mm -hmm. and then in like a larger more liberal city like Chicago they don't but when I'm looking in the suburbs here like why does Glenview Public Library's population feel fine with having access to all books Mm -hmm. and why does Lincolnwood's not I don't know so you talked to us at Lincolnwood. You talked to a representative from the American Library Association, zooming right back out to the larger nationwide context. What conclusions are folks drawing about why requests to ban books are increasing where the way that they are? The American Library Association director is really convinced that it's about access to power and access to political power. And so she's saying, hey, we know that books really help shape opinions. And so if you give people access to these certain books that have ideologies that don't align with ours, then maybe people are going to be convinced by those books. And maybe they're going to adopt those ideologies and the thought processes. And we don't want that to happen. So it's kind of like on a larger scale, um, having access to these certain titles could be a political threat and could be a power structure threat. This is a national issue um, that we're seeing show up in communities large and small, right near us, far away from us. Um, But either way, it affects all of us. And it's difficult. Um, I wonder what some of the takeaways are that you have gotten since you've been covering this. Yeah, I think for me it's been really fascinating just because I think I grew up looking at libraries in a way that a lot of people do, where it's just like, okay, this is a great place where I can get some books Mm -hmm. and where I can study. 
and maybe play some games yeah, in the teen room. Loved yeah. doing that growing up. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but now I'm like, okay, no, dang, this is really a like battleground for the freedom of speech. And these stakes are kind of rising and they seem like they're just going to keep rising for the time being. And yeah, being a librarian is kind of like a brave, dangerous job in many ways right now, which I didn't grow up looking at it that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, interesting. It also begs a question of like, who gets to decide? That's the question I have as well, you know, especially in a pluralistic society, right? Um, yeah. Who Who is going to be the moral arbiter to say this book is appropriate and this book is not? Adora Namigade is a Metro reporter here at WBEZ. Adora, thank you so much for your reporting on this. Absolutely. And thanks to Justin Bull and Sam Deere for producing the show and to show editors, Ariel Van Cleve and Katie O'Connell. I'm Erin Allen. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you again early tomorrow morning. <laughs> 